in the book of Habakkuk chapter 2, it says, write the vision, make it plain, so that he that will see it may run with it. I've said this so many times that it is wisdom that rises now. Imagine if all those experiences the apostle had, if they had not documented this, there would not have been a New Testament. Documentation is a proof of wisdom. Wisdom writes down. I've said this before. Documentation is a proof of wisdom. Wisdom always writes down. And I'll be sharing with us, we'll be handling the theological aspects, the practical aspects, even the reality aspect of finances through the light of God's word. Hallelujah. And listen. Where you are today concerning your finances and where you want to be is dependent on the light you have seen and the decision you have taken. I said concerning your finances, where you are today in your finances, when you sit down to assess what is around you, the work you do, the kind of income that comes to you, where you are today and where you want to be or where God wants you to be is dependent on the light you have seen, the actions you have taken. You see, one thing when I was meditating and thinking about, you know, preparing the whole notes for the whole series, one thing the Lord brought my attention to was to the truth. You see, whenever God wants to start a journey with man, he starts a journey by giving the man a word. That's it. That's it. So if you are Abraham, he will come appear to you and tell you, go from your family, move away from your kindred to the land I will be showing you or I am showing you. And I will make you. That was the beginning of the journey. So I'll be sharing with us, what I'll be sharing with us for the next few weeks. Please, listen. Is it that you want to learn and you want to actually see changes in your finances through the light of God's word? Don't fight me in your mind, okay? <laughs> Don't fight me in your mind. What you think you know concerning finances, concerning No. Put it away, all right? And I'm, I believe by the power of the Holy Spirit, your life will not remain the same after this series. I didn't hear anyone say an amen. I said, I believe by the power of the Spirit of the Lord. I believe by the power of the Spirit of the Lord that your life, your financial life will not remain the same again, again, again after this whole series. Amen. Amen. I'm mm-hmm. going to take my time to articulately divide the word of God, right, rightly hand it over to you. Speak from the place of conviction, from the light I've seen and walked. From the testimony I've, uh, that has been my reality, combined with the years of working with God financially, what I've seen, what I've known, this will be what I'm handling over to you. You know, Paul told Timothy, he says, commit unto faithful men, unto faithful men, the word which was handed over to you. There are some communication of God's word is not to everybody, it's to faithful men. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why sometimes you know, some meetings I want you to register to attend. I mean, the registration is free. Don't come and say I charge you to tell you God's word. Lavra Kasumi Rasatali Braskapara Just for the next two minutes, I want you to unmute yourself and just begin to begin with the Lord. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, as this series begins today, and I'm as I am subscribing to this series with all my heart, I open up my spirit unto your light. Lift up your voice and pray. 
I open up my spirit unto your light. I open up my spirit unto your light. Remember the power of the soul. I say some of the seed fell among thorns. Some fell among the, uh, along the road. Some fell on the good soil. Just for the next few minutes, I want you to lift up your voice. Minister unto the Father. Say, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, my spirit is open up to receive. Not just the words he will say, but the impartation of the spirit behind the message. He says in the book of Ezekiel, he says, the spirit entered me. The spirit of prosperity is here. For the next few days, as I, as I communicate God's word with us, the spirit of prosperity has been, has been released. There is an impartation of prosperity. We can prosper God's way. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, my God. There's someone here, you've been going through a series of battle. This battle has been with your sleep. Has been with your sleep. It's been a battle. You find it so hard and you struggle. It's a real struggle for you to sleep. Right now, you power of darkness. Listen, when I say there's someone here, you know there's someone here. You don't have time. I want to go straight to the point today. You spirit of darkness, I charge you. All right. Listen, you can always get it right the first time. You can always get it right the first time. And it is it is not wisdom to say experience is the best teacher. You are too young to experience everything for experience to teach you. Oh, I said, it is no wisdom for you to say experience is the best teacher. You are too young to experience everything for the experience to teach you. You can always get this right the first time. In the book of Proverbs chapter 1, it says, I wisdom, I cry out to men, but they forsake me. Then you continue to say, there will come a time men will seek me, but I will deny them. So this will be the most important message I've ever shared concerning finances. We'll be handling theological aspects. So let me just give you the lay down so you know. We'll be handling the theological aspects, the reality aspects, the business-wise, and all that it has to do. As a child of God, the day you accepted the Lordship of Jesus Christ, the final authority in your word must be what God has said. The final authority in your life, in your world, in your world, must be what God has said. If you forsake his word to do it your own, you have opened up yourself to all sorts of calamities. So, in the financial world, you know, there is what God has said. There is a mind of God pertaining, pertaining finances. Many people have lived by their calculations. If I am able to get a loan, and after the loan, I will use 20 years to pay it off. I'm going to buy a car, and the car, I will take a car loan. And after the car loan, I will use the 15 years. Why can't you think that? I'm going to buy a car and I'll pay the car off straight away. You are going to buy a house. Oh, the best way to go about buying a house is mortgage. So you can take a mortgage and for 30 years of your life, you'll be living to pay the mortgage. Why can't you think 
that look i can buy a house pay it off buy another house pay it off buy another house and pay it off buy another house and pay it off and give the houses for rent and that will be an income why can't you think like that because the system of this world has been structured for men to be always liable to the system it's like you are always the, the response is this the system has designed it that you are always you know you have to depend on the system to be able to survive but that is not the way of god in a hard economy the scripture says isaac planted the same year and ripped the same year and in multiple force so if you don't come to the reality and understanding that as a child of god you live above the systems of this world there is there are certain rules you play by even by finances you would always be a victim to the structures of the world of the world you always be a victim second timothy chapter 3 verse number 16. this will be our uncle scripture all through all right second timothy 3 verse 16. thank you precious holy spirit you can share the screen you can share the screen second timothy 3 verse number 16. who has the nkjv translation and can read it for us please but kindly share the screen NKJV translation, second Timothy 3 16. I hope you are writing down notes. It's important. Second Timothy 3 verse 16. It says, All scripture. Someone say, All scripture. I want to hear you. All scripture. All scripture. All scripture. Oh, again, all scripture. All scripture. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Then he goes on to say that the man of God may be complete. Someone say may be complete. May, may, may be complete. complete. Oh, again, may, may be complete. May, may be complete. Thoroughly equipped for every work. Amen. Amen. So he says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable. End the screen share. All scripture. So, the word of God, that is all scripture, he put it in right perspective. This is given by the inspiration of God. As you all know, the Bible was written by men. But the inspiration did not come from men. Every single word chosen and placed in any chapter, in any verse of the Bible, the inspiration came from the Holy Ghost. It says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Then he goes on to say, it is then profitable. When we talk about profits, we are talking about business. When we talk about profit, we are talking about business because it is only in business. Whenever you do business transaction, it's either you are you get into a debt or you begin to make profits out of the business. So in our work with God, the only way for us to be profiting he says all scripture is given by the inspiration of god profitable so the only way to be profiting in our work with god is when we pay attention to the inspiration from god by his word the word profitable there is the greek word translated advantageous or advantage so in our work with god the only way we can be advantage not comparing ourselves to others, but then when we are put on a scale, listen, not all men are the same. Some men by the inspiration of God that they have accumulated in them have more advantage than some of us. 
not you though but you know than some people he says all scripture is given by the inspiration of god profitable advantageous it is profitable for then he continues to say correction profitable for teaching profitable for instruction in righteousness so to be advantageous among your peers in your work with god to see the propensity of this christian life to actually enjoy the benefit of this christian life to be advantageous in your work with god to see the profits that comes by your work with god what should you pay attention to he says all scripture is given by the inspiration of god so to be advantageous to be profitable you pay attention to his word that is to say in our financial life we can be advantageous because everything about life the scripture has something to say or god has something to say through his word so he says instruction in righteousness open the scripture again i want us to have a look at it again second timothy 3 verse 16 2 Timothy 3 verse 16. You can open the scripture again. Thank you, Lord. I'm seeing the Lord take migraine. I'm seeing the Lord take migraine from someone. There is someone here. You've been having migraines. Migraines. It's gone now. You can check. It's gone. This all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Instruction in righteousness in this screenshot. What does it mean to instruct in righteousness? What does it mean to instruct in righteousness? Now, for you to understand this, you have to look at the context. This one scripture is given by the inspiration of God. It is profitable, advantageous for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. Then it goes on to say, for instructing. What does it mean to instruct? To instruct means to teach. So if I'm going to instruct you, I'm going to teach you. Since for instruction, I'm going to train you, instruct you. So you can be trained in righteousness. Is it for instructions in righteousness? So you can be trained in righteousness. You can be trained in doing it right. That is what it means. You can be trained into getting it right in your finances. You can be trained into getting your finances finances right. So probably you think you are young. Oh me, you know, I'm in my twenties. I'm in my thirties. I'm chilling. You know, I'm cool. I'm good. I'm good. See, most parents are not able to show the love they have for their children because most parents are not able to show the love they have for their children because they were not instructed to get it right from their childhood, from their infancy, from their teens. And they only want to get it right after they surrender their life to Jesus. Sometimes it's late. Some of us, our moms gave their life to Christ at the age of 30 years. Sometimes at the age of 25 years. Sometimes even at the age of 20 years. By that time, they already have kids. And they are not able to get it right then. So, have this, you know, mentality approach. They can get it right the first time. You don't have to do it by trial and error. I tried this, it didn't work, then I went and tried this, then it didn't work. No. From today, listen now, from today, what I'm sharing with you, I want you to make it up your mind. You can decide, and heaven is going to agree with you. You can decide that from today, I'm going to get it right at my first touch. If I'm getting into this business, this business, I'm going to get it right. If I'm getting into this, whatever you are going to get it into, whatever you are going to get into, there is this mentality you approach it. I'm getting it right. Instruction in righteousness. You can always get it right. You can always do it the right way. Now, there are three, when it comes to finances, there are three categories or there are three main stakeholders. That's the right word. Three main stakeholders that we are going to get it right with. The first stakeholder is God. In finances, the first person to get it right with is with God. 
Number two, the next person to get this right with is with man. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. Then you shall love your neighbor. So it's not you, the next. So the first person, God. The second person, getting it right with God. The second person, with your fellow man. The last person can get it right with you when it comes to finances. And today, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I'll start with God. And I'm not sure where we will get you. But wherever we get you, we are going to continue on God willing. There's a whole lot of notes. That's my Right? Getting it right with God. He says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God that is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And I said, that instruction in righteousness means that getting it right at your first glance, getting it right. So in your finances, you can get it right. Now, in getting it right with God, let's start from there. I would have you understand that from today, how God sees finances. Because if you are able to see from the lens where God sees from, you would always, there will never be a time your finances will be at stake. Or there will be a shaky ground in your finances. If you're able to get this right with God, how does God see finances? Or finances? I want us to look at the scripture in Matthew chapter 5, verse number 45. The book of Matthew, chapter number 5, verse 45. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. Raki Matthew 5, verse number 45. The book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 45. Now, pay attention now. This is after Jesus, our Lord, has given and has said about the Beatitude. This is one of the very first sermon of our Lord Jesus. One of the very first sermon of our Lord Jesus. And look at what he said in verse 45 of Matthew 5. He says, that you may be sons of your father in heaven. He makes his son rise on the evil and on the good. And sends rain on the just and the unjust. He makes his son rise on the evil and on the good. And sends rain on the just and the unjust. In the screen here. I want to start by saying this. God is a provider. And whether you are evil or you are righteous in your own eyes or probably you are righteous. The scripture says he is a just God who makes and who provides. He makes rain. He gives rain for both the evil and the good. And also, he gives seed to both the righteous and unrighteous. In the sovereignty of God, you know, one thing you must understand, and I'll use this to correct something in a few seconds, all right? One thing you must understand is that whether you are good or you are bad, when it's raining and all of us are in it, we'll all be wet. So you see people say, oh, this Christianity thing. Have you ever seen a Christian in the four most richest people before? We don't have to be there. Though we have to be there. We don't have to be there, but we have to be there. Why? If there are no Christians on the four, one, um, 100 list, if there are no, listen now, if there are no Christians, it does not define the gospel of Jesus Christ. Prosperity does not define the gospel of Jesus Christ. God is a provider. He says he makes his rain shine. He makes his sun shine on both the just and the unjust. Our identity is not in the description of men. So the description of men in four 100 lists. If there are no Christians there, well, have you ever seen a Christian in the four 100 lists before? Ah. Sometimes I think about those questions and I'll be like, really? Are you serious? 
So to understand now, see finances as this. God is a provider. And what God does is that he makes provisions. So the advantage of Christians or of children of God is that in as much as God is a provider and he provides for all, whether you are good or you are bad, our advantage is that we know the provider. Come on now. I said, our advantage of, of being children of God is that whether he gives rain to the wicked and to the good, the wicked do not know him. Our advantage is that we know him. Who is the richest man on earth now? Who knows him? Yes, Matt, who is it? Rich. Rich, who is it? Who is the richest? Come on, guys, if you know, tell me, please. According to Forbes, who is the richest? Yes. Who is the highest ranking man with wealth on earth? Oh, come on. I want to hear you. Tell me. Elon Musk. Elon Musk. <laughs> is it Elon Musk? I thought it was like yes. But anyways, let's continue. Now, let's put two people side by side, right? The first person we are taking is <laughs> Elon Musk. Let me show you something. The first person we are taking is Elon Musk. The next person we take is Sarah because she said, Sarah, please. So let's take Sarah and Elon Musk. Now, hold on, hold on. Don't start laughing yet. In the eyes of men, people might think Elon Musk is more advantage, but that's not how God sees it. Right now, let me show you something. If Sarah goes to Ethiopia or um, Madagascar, a very deep village in Madagascar where nobody knows her, Elon Musk also go to that same deep village in Madagascar where nobody knows him. Now, remember what the scripture said. The scripture said, how beautiful are those, are the feet of those who bring good news. Sarah went with the mentality that she's going to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Elon Musk just went as Elon Musk. Who do you think there will be provisions for? All of you might say Elon Musk. Okay, let me just keep degrading it down. Now, Sarah begins to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. You know, with the village people. And they accept the lordship of Jesus Christ. Remember, when night comes, the people she shared the gospel with welcome their home for her to stay. Elon Musk will not get that privilege. Why? He did not come bearing any good news. We see that in the book of Acts chapter number 16. When Paul got to the, um, when Paul, Paul went to a city in the book of Acts 16 and the scripture says she met a lady called Lydia and the Lord opened the heart of Lydia for Paul to share the gospel with Lydia. And when Paul was done, the lady opened up her home. Okay, right now, if I tell you guys my shoe size, and I tell you, I want a Nike, and I wear size, I tell you my shoe size, whatever my shoe size is, all right? Most of you would want to buy the, buy the shoe and give it to me for free, true or true. As a gift for me, because I said I want it. Oh, true or true. Why? Because I'm your spiritual leader. When Elon Musk says that I want a shoe, nobody will buy it because everybody will think he doesn't have that provision. Oh, Mayfrahadiski Branta. We have, listen, we have a provision where water can come out of the rock for us anytime we want. Listen, as a child of God, you are never disadvantaged when it comes to finances. You are never at a disadvantage. When the people of Israelites got to the Red Sea, just think about it. Think about it. If you have ever been to the beach. Recently, I went to the beach just to go and experiment how they felt, right? I got to the beach and I said, so they got at the, at the, at the shores of the ocean, at the Red Sea, they got at the shores. They were at a disadvantage. 
And when Moses began to cry out, the seas began to part open. There was provision made. There was provision made. There was provision made. So I want to start by telling you, in as much as God is a provider for all, you are at an advantage when it comes to you and God. Why? Because you know the provider. Someone say, I know the provider. I know the provider. I know the provider. I know, I know the, the provider. provider. I know the provider. In your voice. I know the provider. I know the provider. He is my provider. And he is my provider. Come on. And he is my provider. And he is my provider. You are never at a, a disadvantage. You are never at a disadvantage. Please, can the person mute for us? Who is it? Thank you. You are never at a disadvantage. So in any given moment of your life, if all seems crumbling on you, if it is too much for you, remember, the Lord is my shepherd and I lack nothing. It is a mindset to carry that because I am the sheep of the shepherd, there will always be food. Oh, Mavrekida. Have you ever seen a sheep begging the shepherd, begging the shepherd to provide for it? Oh, answer my question. Shepherd, shepherd provide. Oh, shepherd provide. Oh, shepherd provide. And my God shall supply all your needs. There is never a time you'll be at a need. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I shall not want for your needs, it is provided. Oh, I need immediately there is a need and there is a supernatural provision. Okay, for example, when Philip baptized the Ethiopian Enoch, what happened? He needed to be at the next city. There was no plane, there was no train at that time. There was no plane, there was no train. What happened? There was a uh, teletransportation. He teleported from where he was. To a new city there would always be a provision at any point of need the lord is my shepherd the lord is my shepherd the lord is my shepherd in my business the lord is my shepherd in my finances the lord is my shepherd in my academics the lord is my shepherd in my family, the Lord is my shepherd. In my relationship, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. There will never be a lack. We are at a place of advantage. You are never disadvantaged. Oh, you know, um, this person got a job here yeah, and that job pays 30,000 pounds per year. Really? That is your limit? thousand pounds that is your limits he says and god placed man in the garden of eden and he told man be fruitful and multiply he says tell the land and keep it the whole world is ours jesus christ our lord told us he says go into all the nations of the world and make disciples of all nations going to all nations and make disciples all nations belong to us have this mentality now. I want to I want to shift you to where God sees us from. Then we can come to the legalities that we can be contributing or we can be participating. Are you all with me, please? Are you with me? Oh, come on. Are you with me? Yes, please, sir. Amazing. 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 So our advantage, we have we are we are at always an advantage. There is never a time there will ever be a need that there is no supply. Can I tell you this? I've never been in need of anything. Need? I've never. That's been my life. That's been my life. I've never been in need of anything. Immediately it becomes a need. There is a supply met. I'm not bragging. That's my life. That can be your life. 
That's my life. That's my life. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. There will never be a time I will lack anything. Oh, begin to make your confessions now. Or mute yourself. Or mute yourself. Make your confessions. The Lord is my shepherd. Oh, come on. The Lord is my shepherd. There will never be a time I lack anything. All my needs are met. There is always a supply. I am always on the advantageous. I have the upper hands. For the Lord is my shepherd. Oh, come on. For the Lord is my shepherd. For the Lord is my shepherd. It is a mentality to have. He's the light. He's my light. He's my salvation. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a conviction to live in. So, God is the God of all provision, but we are at the, at the place of advantageous because we know the provider. Now, I want to show you this. Psalm 37, verse number 25. Let's look at something there. Psalm 37, verse 25. Prokos Ivra Hasatana Messiah. Psalm 37, the book of Psalms, chapter number 37. Thank you, my father. Thank you. Verse 25. Verse 25. Yes, who has opened it? Please, if you have opened it, you can read it, right? Is it? I have been young. This day, I've been young, and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging for bread. I've been young, and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken in this vision. The righteous is a child of God. So this is our advantage. Now, when I asked you guys earlier on that who is the richest man on earth, most of you were telling me Elon Musk and all of those people. Amazing. But guess what? In 50 years to come, there will be a difference. He will not still be number one. Just 50 years ago, there was a different person. 50 years today, there is a different person. 50 years to come, there will be a different person. But there is a secret. And that's what David said. He said, I've been young and now I'm old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. Our advantage is that our wealth is passed on from generation to generation. Theirs do not. So over 100 years ago, there was a man. I really love that man. I, I have seen a couple of his things. His name is Rockefeller. He was a believer. Yeah, he was a believer. He used to pay tithes. Such an amazing man. He was into the oil industry. Such an amazing man. Years ago, he was number one. One of the world's richest top. Today, even in the list 600, none of his descendants are there. None of his descendants are there. So our advantage is not in the money that comes to us. Our advantage is the God we know who provides. Our advantage is not the job we do. It's not the traveling we have traveled. Our advantage is the provider. He is our provider. We know the provider. That is our advantage. So how does God see the finances? How does the provider seize his provision to us? Finances, remember, I said finances is just a provision. Finances is just a provision. So let's look at a few scriptures. Number one, Genesis chapter two, let's start from verse four. How does God seize finances? What is the mind of God when it comes to the place of finances? When it comes to money, let me be specific. What does God seize? Genesis chapter two, verse the number four. The book of Genesis. Chapter number two, verse four. He says, this is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord God, the day that the Lord God made the earth and heavens, 
before any plant of the field was in the earth and before any herb of the field had grown for the lord god had not caused it to rain on the earth and there was no man to till the ground but a mist went um, up from the earth watered the whole face of the ground then the lord god formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life man became a living being verse, verse 8 uh-huh he says the lord planted a garden eastward in eden and there he put the man whom he had formed and out of the ground the lord god um, out of the ground the lord god made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and of evil now to cut the long reading the first thing is that we see from what we just read, even from what we just read, is that before man, before man, God did not allow any plants to grow. He says, for there was no man to till the ground. Before man, God did not allow. When man came, the Bible said, God made a garden in the eastward of Eden, and he placed man there. So there was provision before man. Are you all with me, please? Are you all with me? Are you all with me? So there was provision. Yes. So when God placed man there, he told man that be fruitful, multiply, till the ground and keep it. So the first thing God sees finances or God sees any provision he gives you is that you are a steward to every provision God gives to you. You are not the owner. So when it comes to money, money comes to you okay you go and work and you get paid for the work you are just a steward of the money let's look at genesis 129 genesis chapter 1 verse number 29 i'm laying the foundational it's going to be a long teaching i've said so don't worry, all right? Just keep following. Keep following. You'll get to every aspect of it. Genesis 1 verse 29. He says, And God said, See, I have given you every help that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruits, whose fruit yield, yield seed. To you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, in which there is life. I have given every green help for food and it was so and it was so which translation is this please nkjv amazing thank you it's okay you can end the screen here and it was so so there was provision god made room for there to be provision so in the mind of god we don't work for it we work to keep it man did not work for provision to come man worked to keep what god has given him that was a provision so, I want you to approach money with this mindset. You don't work for money. You work to keep money. Because you are a steward. And as a steward, a steward is someone who has been entrusted with something. You've been entrusted with it. So, when it comes to money, maybe you got a job. And you start working. You know, you work three days in a week. And at the end of every month or at the end of every week, you get paid. What has happened is that you did not work for the money. Have this mindset. In as much as you go to work for the money, approach work with this mindset. You don't work for the money. You work to keep the provision. That is the job, not the money. Are you all with me? You work to keep the provision. What is the provision? The provision is the job. Hold on. Is everyone with me, please? Are you getting it? Are you with me? Are you understanding it? Yes, please. You might have to listen to this sermon again. It will be posted on the podcast. Please do watch to listen to it again. So I said, you don't work to, or you don't work for the money. You work to keep the provision. The provision is the job. It is the job that makes room for the money. So while you go to work, oh, you know, it's not for the money. It is to keep the provision. Are you all with me? That is the mind of God concerning money. 
So when you get a job, that is the mind of God concerning it. He says, he placed man in the eastward, eastward of the garden. And when he did that, he told man, be fruitful, multiply. He says, tear out the land and keep it. So number one, you are a steward. And as a steward, you have been entrusted to keep something. Number two, that's how God sees every provision he has made for you. Number two, Genesis chapter 2, verse number 15. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. Genesis chapter 2, verse number 15. Yes, please. Read it for our sister. Go ahead. Then God, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. To tend it and to keep it. Okay, continue. 16. Verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Verse 17. But the tree of knowledge but the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for in the day you eat it you shall surely die amen Verse thank you esther thank you so let me use this opportunity to correct this all right in the bible adam and eve did not eat any apple hey it wasn't apple they didn't eat any apple the bible never said apple the, the tree is called the tree of the knowledge of good and of evil it's not an apple all right. I hope everyone is with me. It's not an apple. Oh, you know, people Sunday school they say and Adam and Eve ate apple. No, it wasn't an apple. There was never there was never a time the scripture made mention of an apple. This is just by the way. So he says God put man there. He says to tend it and to keep it. And he goes on to say that and God commanded man. Do not you are free to eat of every tree. But this specific tree, do not eat of it. What does it mean? When God makes room for provision, I said, number one, the provision he gives or he, he gave us, he made us stewards of the provision. Number two, he gives us provision to be able to entrust us so we can honor him. God wants to be able to trust you so you can also honor him. How do we honor him? When we keep what he has said concerning the provision so he gave adam and eve a whole garden he gave them a whole garden he said every tree that is here each of every tree every tree your eyes can see just eat but this specific one don't eat so in man's response to god the best way for man to go about it is for man to go or man to honor god was that man would have Obeyed what God said, not to eat of it of, at all. Are you all with me, please? Are you all with me? Are you all with me? Are you with me? Are you with yes, me? Please, sir, yes. But what happened? We see man. Man went to eat of that tree. That's why we are here today. <laughs> but before that, God told man, do not eat of it. So, number one, every provision God makes. God makes, he makes us steward of it. Number two, God gives man the avenue for trust. It is said that man can trust God, but can God trust man? Can God trust you? And if you say yes, God can trust you, he will present an opportunity. So Larry, this $10,000 I'm giving to you, is an opportunity for me to be able to trust you when the money came to you. So whenever money comes to you, see money as this. God has given me an opportunity to be able to trust me so that I can honor him. Are you all with me? Are you all with me? Hallelujah. Are you with me, please? Yes, please. So every money that comes to you. So, you know, sometimes I, I, just, I just find it interesting. There are some people, before money gets into the account, the money is already finished. All right, so I'm going to buy a new sneaker. Then I'll get a new wig. And I'll go to the makeup store. I'll buy a new makeup kit. I'll buy... um. Come on, give me some of the makeup brands. Oh, come on, give me some... Oh, hey. Morphe. Sorry? Morphe. 
Murphy. Okay. Murphy. Mac. Jenny, Jenny, which one is your favorite? Tell me. Where is Jenny? Jenny, which one is your favorite? Mary Kay. Mary Kay. Okay. Jenny, which one is your favorite? True fa- Revolution. Facade. Fenty Beauty. Julia. Which one? Uh, Julia said Revolution. Gracia, which one is your nurse? Hey, Charlie, today they are the here things. <laughs> but you see, many people, before money gets into their account, imme- immediately they pay slip a cent and they go and have a look at the pay slip. Okay, I was paid 700 pounds. Th- that 700 pounds, it has not entered the account yet, but the money is finished. Just the pay slip, the money is finished. But see this, number one. That payslip that came, that money that came, that is about to hit your account. You are just a steward. Number two, the money that is about to hit your account. Can God trust you with more? Every money that comes to you, see that money as an opportunity for God to trust you. And for you to honor him. Can God trust you with more? He told man, he said, keep it. I've given this to you. It is, I've given it to you. In your mind, it is yours to take care of it and to keep it but i want to be able to trust you with more are you all with me please are you following i want you to i want you to to honor me the first response when money enters your account must never be for anything money can buy (laughs) when money enters your hands when money comes to your hands the first thing that your money that money must do must not be what money can do it must be what money cannot do imagine giving money to god he says the gold and the silver is mine so you cannot repay god so the first thing must be your f- your first response must be god and i'll come to that you'll be getting to the practical aspect like i said So when money comes to you like this, it is not for accumulation. It is for enlargement of capacity. So right now I give I give you thousand pounds. I don't want to mention anyone's name before someone come and test me. But right now I give you thousand pounds. <laughs> right now I give you thousand pounds. It is not for your accumulation. See the thousand pounds as an avenue for more capacity. I want us to end here. We'll continue, God willing, next week. Wherever you are, lift up your hands unto the Lord and begin to bless His name. Begin to honor Him. Begin to thank Him for His word today. Men, the kush give We have not gotten anywhere. We have not got anywhere. The notes are prepared. We haven't gotten anywhere. Begin to bless his name. Begin to honor him. Kavra Adush Avrande Severus Kapadaba.